Welcome to Make It Happen, a podcast for bloggers and creatives. You're listening to episode number 11. Welcome to the show everyone. We are halfway through the first season of Make It Happen Now and today's episode was without a doubt one of my favourites to record so far. I invited the awesome Maya Elias to come on the show and we talked about her journey so far and our thoughts on how purpose and passion play a huge part in our life as creative entrepreneurs, brand messaging and Maya's best advice for sharing our purpose and our value and our story through our brand messaging and also what Maya has learned from sharing regular monthly income reports on her blog. This episode is way more than just that though. We really dig into some really deep deeper topics and I just know that this episode is going to resonate with so many of you as Maya is such an awesome person and I am really excited to share this one with you today. Let's jump in. Hi Maya, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm excited to have you on the show today. For anyone listening who either knows you or doesn't know you, do you want to kind of share who you are, what you do, and a kind of a bit of your journey so far as a business owner and an entrepreneur? Sure. So, of course, my name is Maya Elias, and I am a web design and branding strategist. I help creatives make more money online by teaching them how to use strategy, teaching them their brand message, and then doing design implementation. So um, I guess you want to know a little bit about my story and my background? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, if Yeah, what's the A to Z of what, from the beginning to where you are now? <laughs> okay, um, I'll try to keep it like short. Uh, so because I mean, you know, I could go on about my story forever. But basically, like I've been in love with design ever since I was 10 years old. Um, like I, I think like the internet kind of got really popular when I was maybe like five or six. So I used to always play games on the internet. I just thought it was the most fascinating thing. <laughs> and then I could like put together like cool little websites when I was around 10. And then like in high school, I got a MySpace page <gasps> and I used to design on there all the time. I was <laughs> so obsessed with MySpace and oh my gosh and that's actually when I started getting like my very first clients when I was 18 I moved to Charlotte North Carolina and I met somebody at um, the community college that I was going to and they asked me if I knew how to design professional MySpace pages and I was like yeah I know how and he offered me $50 to do that and ever since then I was like oh my god I can design for money this is so cool like I've never like I had never thought of myself as like a business owner or an entrepreneur I was just like I can make money doing what I like and then I pretty much have just been doing that for the past seven years <laughs> so that's how I started and then of course like as I got more involved I got better my design skills got better um, me as a business owner got better and that's how I transitioned into coaching as well because when I started my blog I talked about all of the mistakes that I made all of the myths that people have about um, starting a business, I, I discussed those things and people really began to trust me as a business owner because they could see that I was real. They could see that I started from somewhere where I was just new. I didn't know what I was doing. And I grew into this person who could actually run a fully functioning business that I could live off of that income full time. That's awesome. What do, do you, when, when you look at your business and the coaching and then the, the branding side of it, do you, are you like, split between the two or does your heart belong to one of them more at the moment oh my gosh well, I, I feel like I'm kind of like split at this point because you're actually catching me in a transition because I've been designing professionally for over seven years and it's something that I've loved for so long and it's something that I was passionate about but I actually feel like I'm a better I guess I'm, I'm better as a coach like I'm more valuable to my clients as a coach so I'm actually in a transition where I'm like am I going to give up design completely or am I going to just be offering templates like now I'm in a place where it's like I've done the design thing but now I need to move on to coaching but what do I do with the design aspect of it so that's kind of where I am in my business but for so long I've been making the majority of my money with this with design and June was the very first month that I made more money in coaching than I did with design so I'm just trying to figure out how I can balance the two without driving myself crazy because does I have to be so much more involved when it comes to design so I'm like uh how can I help the people without you know like going completely crazy that sounds <laughs> awesome though that you're kind of um leaning into kind of where your business is taking you at the moment if that makes sense 
yeah, like I guess in is, is this when it comes to transition phases for anyone listening, I guess, who's maybe in a similar position, what would be your biggest advice for kind of making the best decision for you, if that makes sense? Um, well, one thing I will say about transition, it's definitely challenging because so what I'm doing is I'm leaving a place of comfort. Like my comfort zone is design. I know I can get clients that will pay me for design and my bills will be paid and everything will be good. And doing the transition is almost kind of like starting your business from scratch because I've had to reinvent myself from a designer to a coach. So I've had to get an audience that needed coaching rather than design. So basically I've had to put my own coaching skills to test to see if I actually knew what I was doing. So it's like I had to, you know, find that audience and set my pricing for for coaching because they're they're two different businesses. So the transition is like kind of starting my business from scratch and it makes it easier for me to relate to my clients because now I know exactly what it feels like to kind of start your business from scratch. So I guess, you know, the the main advice would to be find your audience and find exactly what they need from you and then pretty much offer that. <laughs> I love that. I love what you said about now you can relate more to your clients because you're starting something from scratch because um, obviously a big chunk of what I do, it's kind of my kind of, the way I say it's like I help people make big things happen online. And um, I started this podcast actually, not just because I wanted to start a podcast, but because I needed to push myself out of my comfort zone to remember how that felt because who the hell am I to tell anyone to push their, themselves out of their comfort zone? if I wasn't doing it too. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm always, so like one of my things is taking my clients from their comfort zone to their calling. So I do not believe in staying in comfort zones. And anytime I find myself getting comfortable, I leave that space because I, I know that I can't grow from there. Like if I stay in design, I'm going to hit a plateau where I'm either unhappy or I'm not making more money. So that's why I feel like I have to leave that space where I'm growing into something bigger and something more valuable for my clients. I love that. I, that is a, that is a huge kind of big mantra for me too. A big approach that I have is if I'm in my comfort zone, I freak out. I'm, I'm actually more comfortable when I'm uncomfortable. I don't know why. Yes, exactly. But, um, I feel like my day's wasted if I haven't stretched myself somehow. And, um, and the best things come when we freak ourselves out. I think like when, when we do scary, scary things, I think that's when, that's when we're really unlocking the bigger potential that we have. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like when I was, when I had decided like, okay, I need to make this transition. I was like, this is the scariest thing I've ever done. And it's also the best thing I've ever done. Like the scarier it is, the better it is. Like even when I, when I decided to finally drop out of college, like that's such a huge part of my story. So just to give a little bit of background, my parents are from West Africa and they came to America based on a formal education. So getting a college degree was so, so important for them. Like me getting a college degree was such a huge deal, but I ended up dropping out of college to work on my business full time because I really feel like that's what I was called to do. I feel like me running a business, telling other creatives how to run their business was what I was meant to do. But telling my parents that was like scary as hell. But when I finally got over that hurdle, it was literally the best decision I had ever made. Like not that there weren't some issues with starting my business and making sure things were properly aligned, but then I, I finally felt like I was where I was supposed to be in my life and everything just went up from there. There was no more nights of trying to balance my business and balance my homework. And there was no more nights of anxiety. Like I would stay up all night because I was like, I know I'm not supposed to be in school. This, this 100% isn't for me. So once I left that place and got over the fear, everything else became just fell in line. I love that. I love how you spoke about purpose and kind of, um, I could really relate to that actually because um, I feel like if someone asked me what my purpose was, I feel like my job right now is that I feel like I'm a a tunnel. I feel like I'm here to help people get to where they want to be. And that might sound like a really crazy, because they're like, oh, do you, do you not want to get somewhere? But it's like, I, I just know that my calling right now is I'm here to help people get to where they want to be. And that actually leads on to my next question, because something I really respect and admire about you and your brand is how much you talk about purpose, but in a profitable way, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And your tagline on your website is follow your passion, live your purpose. And I kind of would love to hear how you kind of your journey of discovering your purpose and how I feel like you continue to discover it and you kind of you don't ever put a full stop on that purpose. Do you kind of grow with it? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like my purpose becomes more clear the more that I follow it and the more that I, I stay in line with that. Because I think following your purpose is something that can be scary because number one, it's not popular. Your purpose is something that a lot of people are not going to understand. Your purpose is something that's actually non-traditional. And people look at you and they're like, what do you mean you're dropping out of school? What do you mean you're starting this online business? They're like, "What? what is going on with that? And so I feel like my tagline fits perfectly with my story because when I started my business, I was very, very passionate about design and I decided to follow my passion and pursue it as my business. And then I feel like when I finally dropped out of college, I understood fully what leaving a comfort zone was like and what entering, I guess, you know, I, I call it my calling, basically following my purpose. I really understood what that was like. And once I started telling that story, I realized that when people were intrigued by that story and they were inspired and they were encouraged, I realized that was my purpose, just helping other college students or other women or other creatives that were into the same things as I was doing what I did. I felt like that was my purpose. And I like to explain the difference between passion and purpose and why I feel like one is going to make you profitable. I feel like your passion is something that you do for yourself. So design is something that I enjoy doing. Even if I don't offer it as a service, it's something that's always going to be part of my life. I really like doing it. I love making things look pretty online. But I feel like your purpose is what you have to offer to the world. And when you discover your purpose, you find this group of people in business. It's called your target audience. And once you have a target audience and you find people that are interested in what you're doing, those are the people that pay you. So you can't get paid from your passion because this is something that you do in order to fulfill yourself. But when you work on your purpose and when you work on serving other people, that's when it become, it turns into something profitable because then you have an audience of people that want to give you money. I love that. I, I just had, I think that is going to give so many people listening like a big light bulb moment because I think you just that's, that's just so like for me my passion is oh I don't know I'm not gonna dig into this because I need to think about that but that's <laughs> I probably know no like it's like I love to write I love to create I love to share so that would be my passion but my purpose is to serve other creatives right now and that's what I do and I think it's and it's and um I think maybe some people feel like that that with like there's a disconnect between purpose and profit but I think they live completely side by side with each other yes absolutely and I think like people I think the biggest opportunity for people is to learn how to marry the two because it's like my purpose is helping, you know, creatives make more money online. And I was able to do that for a really long time through design. So basically my design was very strategic. So I knew how to design in a way that would make them money so I could still do what I loved and still follow my purpose at the same time by putting it together. So like, for example, like maybe if somebody's passion is cooking and their purpose is helping other people through a weight loss journey, they can cook specifically to help people lose weight or to help people live a healthier lifestyle. The key really is just to put the two together so that I can so that it can be a long term business. Definitely. I think I'm a big believer in the power of purpose and listening to it and kind of I guess for anyone listening who is still trying to I think a big part of it is giving yourself permission to live your purpose if that makes sense yeah absolutely absolutely like for me I kind of just I I call it I guess like just being obedient to your calling it's I mean if you read my blog it's no secret that I'm a Christian so I feel like specifically for me I feel like you know my purpose comes from whatever God has created me to do Um, if you're not a Christian you might feel like you know it's the universe calling you to do something so just giving yourself permission to answer to the universe or answer to God or whatever higher power that you believe in and just being obedient to that calling I feel like when you truly go after what you feel like you're born to do everything else really falls in line no matter how scary it gets yeah I was just as you were saying that I was really thinking about how when you live your purpose and you do the work that you're called to do and that you're meant to do the business side of things feel a little bit less scary because because if you're living your purpose you're gonna find a way to make it work if you work hard if you if you you know you don't take shortcuts you're gonna find a way to make the money and the bookkeeping and the marketing and the client management (laughs) that purpose is the for me personally like as much as I that purpose is what allows me to do all the work that it takes to maintain a business 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and I, I also even feel like that's why putting your passion and your purpose together is so important because it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of your energy, but infusing your passion into that is going to be the thing that fuels you to do the hard work that you're meant to do. Because of course, again, something that you're passionate about is something that, you know, is, is really, you know, personal to you and something that you really enjoy doing. So infusing your passion into something that you're going to be doing for other people, like you need that passionate energy to get you to the next level, to get you through the long nights of writing, to get you through the BS of figuring out the accounting, to get you through all the administrative stuff that you don't really actually want to do. And so, and then again, like you said, like purpose kind of drives you as well. And that's such an important point because you think about all the people that you're going to be helping once you're done doing all of the work. Yeah, I love that. I just, I am, um, I'm really hopeful that that was encouraging for you because that was encouraging for me to hear. That was really interesting to hear your viewpoint on that. And I, the next thing that I'd love to dig into together is brand messaging. And I know this is a huge expertise of yours. And I feel like brand messaging is where a lot of people hit a wall with their business and their online presence because we all know what we want to say about our business, but we don't know how to say it in a way that actually connects and shares our value and you know, actually resonates with people. So I guess I'm wondering kind of your biggest, like your biggest lessons around brand messaging and what you kind of would want any creative entrepreneurs and freelancers listening today to kind of take away from this episode if they were thinking about their brand messaging. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I feel like you described it so perfectly. It's just being able to clearly articulate the benefits that you offer with your products and services. And I feel like a lot of people don't know how to do that. And so it was so, so important for me to begin teaching um, brand messaging because towards the end of like my phase where I wanted to stop doing design, I realized that I was going through these issues with my clients where they were getting their websites up and they weren't making money or we, we just never completed the website because they didn't know what they wanted. And I'm like, oh, this is so annoying. Like you don't know anything about anything. You just know that you want a pretty website. And like people invest thousands of dollars into these websites that are pretty that aren't saying anything. And that's where brand messaging comes into. It's about being able to tell your story and then and pick the message out of the story. So for example, like my story is that I dropped out to work for myself full time. My story is that, you know, I'm first generation American and my parents wanted me to go to college. But the message from that story was that I follow the path that I believed in. So being able to understand your story, number one, and then being able to find the message from that story and understand that message and story are two different things. So the message is basically the whole point of your story. Um, so again, like my message is, you know, leave your comfort zone and enter your calling or follow your passion and live your purpose. That's, that's basically the overall message of my brand. And in order to really have a message that communicates well with your audience is number one, knowing who your audience is. You have to be very, very clear about who your audience is and what they are looking for from you. So like when people come to me for web design, they're not necessarily just coming to me for something that's pretty. They want something that communicates their products and services. They want something that's going to help them make money while they're sleeping. So when I use my messaging and all of my marketing strategies and my emails and my website, I make sure that I communicate the results that they're going to be getting. So I don't talk about having, you know, a pretty logo or I don't talk about having an awesome contact form. I talk about What's going to happen when people go on your website and what are the results that are going to happen once your website is up? Basically being able to focus on the results is what good messaging is all about. I love that. The, the, the really funny thing is, is everything I'm actually working on a piece right now. And I've literally, the, all the bullet points, all these things you just said. So I feel like I, that was nice because I feel like I'm on the right track with this piece of content that I'm creating. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Isn't it? It feels so good to have confirmation. Yeah. I love that. Especially when, yeah, no, but um, you, when you mentioned the sharing the story and the message, the thing that I think I wonder about a lot, maybe, I don't know if you can understand this um, or like maybe relate to this, is kind of, you know, when your story is one that you have to stay true to but I feel like a huge part of that is accepting your story as well because we can't man we can't manufacture our life story it's kind of yeah it just happens there and it's yeah and we have to own it because for example like my story is that my business journey I came into business with a full-time illness I have a mental health illness that I live with and I've shared about it on my blog and it's so much a huge part of my story and which has shaped me as a person but I've always kind of 
I, it took me a long time to accept it as a part of my story and to find a way to share it in a way that felt comfortable and felt purposeful for my business does that make sense in kind of accept oh my gosh yeah that makes so much sense and I'm so glad that you said that because accepting your story just makes such a huge difference and I feel like even just fully understanding your story is what helps you figure out what your purpose is like I feel like your purpose and your message are completely in line and I feel like people are scared to share their story because nobody has like this picture perfect story where it's just like I woke up one day and I was an entrepreneur and I just knew how to do everything. <laughs> Your story really has like, it has a lot of struggles. It has a lot of hardships. And honestly, that's where your audience connects with you. And your audience connects with, not only do they connect with the struggle, but they connect with the solution. And that is such a huge deal. So like I can go on and on about how I was so scared to drop out of college and I didn't know what to do, but a lot of people are driven to the point that at the end of all of that struggle, I found a way out of that. And people are really motivated and encouraged by the solution to your struggles. So I feel like definitely being able to share your story, accept it and be open and honest. Like you're going to help a lot of people by being very honest about your story and how you went through that breakthrough. I think that's such a huge part of exist, like creating outside of our comfort zone as well, because being that vulnerable is scary because we're opening ourselves up to kind of sharing the more intimate details of our journey and our life. But mm -hmm. I feel like for me, um, I'm quite naturally a vulnerable person I've people anyone who's read my blog for a very long time will know how much I'm kind of I've been quite open about my journey but I feel like that in itself is where the magic happens when you can really share your share your story and share your message in a way that doesn't make people uncomfortable to read there's a way of being vulnerable I think without making people uncomfortable does that make sense oh my gosh yes absolutely yeah being vulnerable and being transparent well number one like that that's what makes you more human and people want to connect with humans they don't want to connect with these intangible brands they want to connect with people that they can feel and that's actually like one of the things that I teach about building a profitable brand I say um your purpose is huge because that's how people can like really feel you and and being able to position yourself is huge because that's the rational part. And then, of course, your presentation is really huge because that's the part where they can see. That's the visual part of your brand. But a lot of people miss the connection part. They just want to, like, look like this big expert or they want to look like this big company. And then they want to have a beautiful website. But a lot of people are missing the purpose component, which is the emotional aspect of your brand where people can, like, really feel you and understand you and they really feel like they know you. So I feel like being vulnerable and having transparency is just so, so huge. And I feel like, like you even made a good point as like, you know, at what point is it that people aren't uncomfortable? And I think people get less uncomfortable again when you have a solution to your story. Like you can't just leave people stuck in your pain. You can't just tell this story about how you have this illness. And then it's like, all right, guys, well, I have this illness and I'm probably going to die in 45 days. Like, no, it has to be, I have this illness, but I've learned to cope and I've made a kick-ass business out of it and I'm still happy. <laughs> it's like, you're, so, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, just being able to like, be like, you know, I've, I have this issue that you probably struggle with as well, but there's, there's a way to cope with it. There's a way to still live your life. There's a way to still follow all of your dreams, even when you have these setbacks. Definitely. And I, I think, um, like you said, it makes people more human. And it's just a huge way of connecting and being. Uh, I also think our online presences are not a place for to have a therapy session, if you know what I mean. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's how we that's how we do our brand justice and our story justice by we're not there to unload and be like, hey, I've had a shit week and please help me. It's more because if we're being of service to others, I um I only want to share my story if it's not self-indulgent, but if it's to be of service to my audience. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's so perfect. Yeah. If I need <laughs> to be self-indulgent, that's what my boyfriend or a therapist is for. And if exactly. all my cats, I told, I told Maya at the beginning when we first met on this call, I've got free cats and crazy cat lady. So they're my, they're my self-indulgent, but um, yeah, your blog, if you're being of service to your audience, it's um, yeah, you 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 have to give 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 to them you can't 
and it's like it's like Maya said um it, you can't leave them on a hook like hey this is really bad and I haven't found a solution but hire me anyway <laughs> yeah oh my gosh yeah you're so right you can't just like have a therapy session like you're this is where people get confused too with starting blogs so like I'm just gonna write about my life and it's like no it doesn't work like that like this is not your diary this is the platform that you can use to help other people when you can help other people they're willing to pay you for that but you have to be very careful about sharing your story in a way that's all about you and completely self-absorbed and sharing your story in a way that's going to lead people into the final destination of where they want to be. Definitely. And you know what? I think that all comes back to accepting your story because when you accept it and when you live even the worst of things, when you can live wholly alongside it, that's when you stop needing other people's, um, that self-indulgent affirmation. You don't need that anymore because you've accepted it and you've found a way to make your story powerful instead of a weakness. That's why. Oh I my gosh. Yes, exactly. I wish you could see me. I'm like over here, like cheering, like raising my hand. I'm like, yes, yes. Tell the people, tell them. Yes. <laughs> no, I've, I've never felt emotional on a podcast before, but I feel like we're digging into kind of, um, some powerful stuff that I think is important to talk about because I don't know a single game-changing creative entrepreneur who doesn't have a really beautiful but broken story behind their journey to getting where they are and, and you know there's there's no being broken and having a struggle is all relative to everyone but everyone who does great things is because they've known what it's they know pain and they know struggle and I think it's okay to share that and to kind of live with that and I think um yeah I think sharing your message doesn't have to be a cookie cutter you know clean thing but it also doesn't have to be dramatic and uncomfortable to read so it's finding that happy middle ground (laughs) yes exactly your message doesn't have to be messy it doesn't have to be this thing where it's just like okay she's an oversharer or she's she's clearly not over this part of her life before like you have to be There has to be, again, there has to be a solution to your struggle before you share it. Because if you don't find that solution, you're going to still be stuck. You're going to be, again, like Jen said, looking for approval. You're going to still pretty much be looking for answers. And nobody wants to read a blog where you're just constantly questioning your life or questioning all the information that you're putting out there. So you have to be the person with the solution to the struggle. Yeah. And I, you know what, I, I feel like we're going off on complete tangents here, but I think a huge part of brand messaging is also knowing who you serve best. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So again, finding your audience, like, yeah, knowing who you serve best, like you have to realize that you cannot help everybody. I can't help every single person that wants to run a full-time business, but I can help people that want to start a creative business, people who uh, believe in purpose, people who really believe in serving others. So just being very, very specific about who you want to serve is important because then you'll be able to best serve those people. Definitely. I think, I think the, I don't know about you, Maya, but with, with my business, if it comes to the list of the people who I work best with, it's quite a small list. I know who I work with, you know, I know what kind of creative entrepreneurs I work with. I know what kind of creatives I work with and I'm happy with that because I want to serve the people who I serve best. And I think brand messaging doesn't make sense when you're trying to appeal to everyone. Oh my gosh. Yeah, not at all. And it's so funny how you're like, I have such a specific list because that's how I am too. Like I love people that support me and, but it's, it's really funny because people will be like, Oh, if you need a web designer, uh, go to Maya. And I'm just like, please don't, please don't do that because I'm going to turn down a lot of people. Like I do not accept everybody as my client. I only accept the people that I connect with and people that I really feel like I'm going to be able to serve the best way that I can. Like, I don't work with lawyers who need brand messaging (laughs) and that need website. I don't work with like doctors and stuff like that. I I mainly work with like coaches who work on different type of lifestyles. So like health coaches or life coaches or finance coaches, people that also want to serve a purpose and help other people. And like those people, again, they need help with messaging just so that they can communicate because a lot of like, and I feel like our audiences are very similar. And so a lot of, a lot of the time we have to help people with their mindset first before we can help them with their skill set. So like for an example, like a finance coach has to help their clients with their money mindset before they can help them um, with like any other parts of 
of getting them into like the financial destination that they want to be in. They have to work on the motivational part before they work on the inspirational part. And I feel like messaging in that aspect is huge because people focus so much on like the skill set. They're like, oh, work with me and get your budget in place. And it's like, that's not really what people want to hear. Like they know that they have to get their budget in place, but they want to, they want to know that you understand like where they're scared. They want to know that you understand their struggles. They want to know that you understand like what they've been dealing with so long. They want to know that you understand like the deep root of why I can't save money or the deep root of why I can't lose weight or the deep root of why none of my relationships are working. And like, that's a huge part of brand messaging, being able to understand the underlying factors of why you can't get to your goals. I, you know, before when you had your hands up in the air and you were like, yeah, like that's, <laughs> I'm just like, like, yeah, with that, because I couldn't, I couldn't agree with that more. And it's really funny because one of my probably top of my list of the clients I love to work with is kind of health coaches and like, um, well-being coaches, because and like you said, um, it's connecting with them on, you can connect with the way they see their business, if that makes sense. Yeah. But, um, but no, I, I completely agree. It's, it's, it's never like I, if I just said like, oh, I help you make create content it, that's boring but yeah what I do is I help people be bigger and I think the yeah it's saying it's not saying it's not you have to tap into your ideal client's pain points and let them know this is how I help you this is the actual result you get it's not having a website it's having a streamlined business that actually you know it's it's not having yeah. it's the yep. result of it and I think that's where so many people go wrong and I think you said it earlier the most beautiful websites in the world mean nothing if it's not actually telling the story and making you money and actually helping you live your purpose exactly exactly yeah because it's just like <laughs> like I always like make these like silly analysis but it's just kind of like having a, re- a really pretty girl that's like an airhead and like doesn't know anything. It's like, it's so worthless. It's just like pretty, like pretty is of no use unless it has substance. And and where I come in is I help people come up with that substance for their brand to go along with the prettiness factor. I love that. I love that. I think, yeah, brand messaging maybe doesn't get enough of people's... I feel like everyone's obsessed with their web design and their SEO and their social media, but no one's sitting down and actually saying, dealing with the substance of it. Like, what am I saying here? What am I... What value? What is the? What is my story telling people? What is my website telling people? And yeah, if, if anyone does anything with their rest of their day-to-day, um, check out, like, explore your brand messaging because I think, personally, I think that's a game-changer for a lot of how you share your brand and how you share your message is huge oh my gosh yeah it's so huge it's so huge and like I even like I always compare again like using people and I compare them to like how their brands are like how I use the the pretty girl that's an airhead like I understand that appearance is such a huge deal like usually if you meet somebody that you're going to be like interested in. So if you meet somebody like at a bar, if you meet somebody like an online dating site, obviously we're going to be scrolling through, you know, like profile pictures. We're not scrolling through personality traits, right? (laughs) But once you get on the inside and you get on that first date or you have that first conversation over drinks, it's like, if they're talking about some complete BS that you don't want to hear and you're like, oh, this person is such a douchebag or like they're such an asshole or we have nothing in common, like that's why brand messaging is so important. Like, are you actually connecting with this person after they get through the physical appearance of what your brand and what your actual website looks like? Definitely. Like a pretty website gets you readers. A pretty website with fantastic brand messaging gets you clients and it gets you money. And exactly. that's the difference. So, it, they ha- I mean, no one's going to stay on a website if it looks like it was built in 1999. But, <laughs> or even if it was built in 2010 because things are changing so much. But... Um, but yeah, it's all got it's all got a cohesively got. And also, you have a awesome free email course at the moment, don't you? All about this. Oh yeah, <laughs> I do. It's called Personal Branding Jumpstart, and basically, I talk about all of these things. I talk about you know the, how presentation is important, but your brand message is just as equally, if not way more important. I talk about how to create like a professional biography. So actually, if you go on my website, it's literally the first button there. And that has to do with some website strategy too. Like I obviously my website is really pretty because I'm a web designer, but I strategically know exactly what I want people to do when they get on my website. So if you go on my website, the first thing you'll see is a, a green button that says my free personal branding course and you can sign up for it. I just signed up for it right now. <laughs> 
Thank you. Awesome. I've been meaning yeah. to. It, it, but it's P. It's PBJ. So I keep thinking peanut butter jelly. Yeah. So my creative agency is called Brandwich. So I wanted to do something that was kind of like connected to like food and sandwiches. And my favorite sandwich <laughs> is, is peanut butter jelly. So I was like, I'll just call it the PBJ course, even though it stands for Personal Branding Jumpstart. But everybody, you know, associates PBJ with peanut butter jelly. So. How could you not sign up for it? <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. And I guess the next thing that I, I I love about your blog and I love about your online presence is your income reports, which you share so transparently and so openly. But I also feel like, I feel like you're doing them to serve your audience, but I feel like you're, they're a tool for you. Am I right there? Like, I feel like. Yeah, they're, they're definitely a tool for me because there was one point where I was like, oh, I'm not going to do these income reports anymore because they take me so long. Like it's, it's the middle of July and I haven't even done my July one yet, but it really, really helps me reflect. It really like, it's, it's actually helped me with my transition because I'm like, okay, now I see, although even though I'm making money from design, like I don't want to be doing this. So it kind of just helps me reflect on like what I'm spending money on, how much money I'm bringing in. Is it actually worth the time? So like my income reports, I haven't had a chance yet to mark how much time I've been working, but I know like when I go through and list all the things, like I know in my mind, like, Oh, I've worked, I worked so much on that project, even though it made me a lot of money, but I'm like, there's some things that aren't worth the time. So it's awesome being transparent with people so they can know how much money it takes to actually bring in money. But then at the same time, it's a great way for me to be like, okay, this is working in your business. This isn't working in your business. And I share those things as well. Yeah, no, I definitely, I'm going to link to them in the show notes because I, I love reading people's income reports, not just because I'm like nosy, but because (laughs) I think, I think it's awesome to see other women in our industry succeeding I love I love that I I cheer from you all from the sidelines and I love and I'm too I'm too nervous I'm too British maybe to share my income reports (laughs) is what I is what but um it's definitely in my I feel like you can really serve your audience with that I feel like there's no better way to share the truth of a business than straight up saying here's where I earn my money and this is my expenses and this is because especially for someone who's not quite there yet we're even you know they're getting the business off the ground reading other people's income reports before I started was it really helped me understand how a business works and how a business makes its money in reality exactly and I kind of also feel like it kind of just backs up everything that I say I teach so like obviously I help people make more money online and this is proof that I actually do it because as we were talking about even before we got on there's a lot of copycats and there's a lot of like coaches and people that are like oh I help people make these fabulous brands or I help people make more money in the digital space and all that and it's like I I don't even see any type of proof I don't see that you have like a big following or your list isn't big or you you really can't teach me the strategies just because you say you can and you can't teach me these strategies based off of what you read on other people's blogs so (laughs) I like doing the income report because not only is it proof that I actually make money but I can kind of like show you the strategies that I've used to actually get to this point in my life yeah and it probably makes you sit down every month and track and analyze your income because that takes a long time but if a month goes by and we don't I feel like in my business I've feel like in my business things are changing every month or two and not not like massively but I'm learning a lot from tracking my income and from paying attention to my income and paying attention to things and I feel like you can't run a business me and Sarah said this in our last my the episode with Sarah Morgan which was last week we mentioned this about how paying attention in your business is so important if you want to stay in business oh my gosh yeah I listened to that episode and I absolutely love Sarah And yeah, like you guys made some really good points. Like you just have to pay attention. You have to, like, you cannot like run something successfully, like without having great attention to detail. And it's like, I know everything that goes on in the back of my business, even if I'm not the person working on it, you have to know those things or else like if something goes wrong with it and you don't know what's going on, like you can't fix, you can't like really come up with a solution to a problem that you don't fully understand definitely and I, and something I loved I really took away from your income reports is how much you are really comfortable investing back into your business and I was curious what would you say in in your in these first few years of your business what was what's been the big what's been the best and most fruitful investment that's brought the best biggest return on in your investment oh my gosh the the thing the biggest thing that I had invested in was my first like paid coaching online course ebook thing. It was like this, it was like, um, 
it was an email course and a book together in one called double your freelancing rate. And it was for designers like me. And it really helped me articulate my value. Like that was the best thing I had paid for. And it was a few hundred dollars. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's kind of a lot of money, but I'm like, Hey, whatever. Listen, I'm like, girl, if you want to make money, you got to put this money in. So I did it. And it was, it was literally just the best thing. Like anything education wise that, that goes in line with your business, I think is so, so, so huge. Like I just, even as somebody who's dropped out of college, I value education so much, but I value education that, that is in line with what you want to do. I don't value education that makes you study calculus when you want to become a writer or some (laughs) stuff like that, you know? So it's like, and I value education that is going to get you results in less than 40 years. <laughs> so, yes, yes, yeah. no. I I could talk with you about traditional education all day long because because I I I only stayed in school in for my university degree because I didn't want to have to move back home earlier than I had to. If that makes sense, like <laughs> yeah. like I I and but I really didn't suit that environment. And I I love learning now in my business, but like you said, I love learning from thought leaders. I love learning from things that I can actively use right now. And like you said, I think investing in your own further, no one's done. Even if you've got, even if you've been in business for 10 years, I imagine people still need to learn. You still need to grow. Investing in your own growth and your own education is so important. No one's, no one's too good to not learn anymore. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like even with me, like I have a business coach and she literally teaches the exact same things that I teach. But honestly, I, I underestimated the value of confirmation, like how you were like, we were talking about brand messaging and you're like, oh my gosh, all of these are bullet points. Like just having that confirmation just makes you feel so much more confident and confidence will take you a long way in your business. So just like my next, like my biggest investment honestly has been my coach. She is a million dollar coach and she costs like $15,000 for the year. And it's, that's really, really steep. But honestly, like, even if I learn one single thing from her, that's going to make me an additional like $5,000 a month. Like that's huge. I get her for the entire year. And honestly, if I only have like one or two things that I take away, it's worth the investment. That's awesome. I think, I mean, obviously me and you are coaches, so maybe I'm a little biased when I say this, but I think the power of coaching is in, like you said, the confirmation. I had a lot of my clients come to me and they're, they're fantastic. They're killing it already. Like yeah. they are doing, and I'm, and, but they find the accountability, the support someone to bounce out someone to help them see things bigger because when you're in your own business and you're stuck in it you can't see it how someone else sees it and when you're stuck in your routine and it's having that person to be like I said the the catalyst for your change and for your growth and I think yeah like like fifteen thousand dollars on a coach may sound crazy to some people but I imagine like that is worth that and then some to you because if it helps you become who you want to be and move towards what you want to be moving towards it's paid for itself in just that hasn't it right yeah and it's so funny because I remember when I first got her like it was such a huge deal because I had like dip into savings I was like switching stuff around on my accounts but I was like I have to do this and I like went home and told my sister and I was like I hope I didn't just invest fifteen thousand dollars just to have confirmation and I realized that that was like one of the silliest things I could say because confirmation means so much. And I'm like, I would have honestly been more mad if I had invested $15,000 to realize that what I was doing was wrong all along and I had to start from scratch. Like that's scarier to me. Like I want to know that I'm on the right path and then learn different ways to build on that rather than learning that I was doing it all wrong and then have to start from scratch and try to rebuild my business and something that would take me years again. Yeah, a coach is great for when either you're lost and you need that or when you're just in a position where you're ready to go plate bigger. You know, it's 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 great for both of them things. And I'm that sounds awesome that I, I've said, I shared with you before this call, I'm actually currently saving up to invest in a business coach because you actually wrote a really awesome post. I'm going to link it in the show notes about why coaches need coaches and it really resonated with me because I was like yeah I need a coach even though I'm really happy with my businesses and I'm really happy I want a coach because I just know that that is that's going to be the catalyst between where I am now and where I want to go next oh my gosh yeah you're so right and for the people that can't invest in a coach right now like my advice is to again like listen to podcasts read blogs Mm -hmm. like these are all the things that 
I did before I could really invest in a coach. Again, like the education, like a coach is really just having that next level education from somebody directly. But until you can afford that, definitely continue to do the research on yourself, join newsletters, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube videos, take free email courses, and surround yourself with people who want to be to that next level too. So like having conversations with Jen, having conversations with Mariah, Alicia Nicole, Regina, Sarah Morgan, like just having conversations with those people, they really elevate my thinking and stretch my mindset. And and obviously I can I have conversations with them for free because we're in like the same network, but just having a network of people that can really get you to the to next level thinking, it's so so invaluable. Like I don't know what I would do without Mariah. She and I talk every single day. <laughs> so it's just so awesome just having somebody there. And I and I have all of them along with a coach. So And I love that everyone you just mentioned has been a guest on the podcast. Oh my so gosh, anyone listening, so awesome. you can all just go and listen to everyone and get you know, it's it's so true. It's it's um the people you surround yourself with, I think, in this journey is a game changer because we cannot I I watched a Marie Folio video a while back and it was saying how um, when people tell us to slow down and maybe it's even good natured but for people like me and you I imagine it's like no shut the hell up I'm not slowing down I've got too much I've got too much to do and it's like we've got to be around people who are like like if I turned to like you or Mariah and I was like oh I'm just gonna take a few weeks off you know but you'd be like no I'm like a few weeks <laughs> do you want to make money or not like what do you mean a few weeks sort of like yeah girl take the rest of the day off and regroup tomorrow but you're not taking two damn weeks to get your stuff together <laughs> <laughs> exactly and also I think the game changing thing is when you build a relationship where you're comfortable telling someone your money goals your what you're working towards so you can be it, having someone to talk about money with is a game changer I think oh my gosh yeah because as women and as entrepreneurs I don't know if you ever experienced this but I think sometimes I feel ashamed talking about money because my business is very purpose driven and I, and I love the people I serve you know I if I could do it for, if it was, I would, I, I, I give away free content on a daily basis. I, I love it, but I need to make money. I need to pay the bills. I need to build a life for myself. And I think having people who are there, like high-fiving you when you reach your income goals is huge because it helps us feel like, yeah, you know what? I make money and I should be pretty damn proud of that. And you know, it's like, I think that's so, imp- that's, that's a huge game changer. For yeah, me. absolutely. I kind of, I mean, Obviously, we know that money isn't everything, but it's something that kind of measures the amount of work that we put in. It's just it's just really a tangible aspect to to what we've done so far. And I just feel like obviously money isn't the goal, but it's a huge tool to get us to the next level. Like the more money that we make, a lot of times we just put it back into our business. and We're like, okay, how can I help my audience even more with this more money that I got? So like making more money is just it's just really exciting because it's just like, wow, I can't believe I actually did this just by helping people, (laughs) you know, so it's like so cool. (laughs) Whenever I'm having one of those days where I'm like, oh, I just need to take two weeks off, which I don't think I could ever take two weeks off. But I sit in my bed and I am sit there and I'm like, I get to spend my days working with incredible creative entrepreneurs and incredible creatives and freelancers. And I get to play a part in their journey. They, they actually are so open with me. And I just feel so privileged and so lucky to do the work that I do. The, and I get to make a living doing for it. And I get to provide for myself and I get to, you know, provide in my life. And that is, that is, that is beautiful. Like, I know that sounds really sick but it's, it but it's beautiful because we get to live our purpose and serve and also provide for ourselves and I think oh that gosh, is yeah it's so amazing it's such an amazing feeling and like to the people that are like oh, why would you charge for that or you, you shouldn't be so focused on money I, I really think it's because we've been brainwashed for so long to work at jobs that we hate in order to make an income. So when somebody steps out and does something that they love and they make money from it, it's like it it makes people's brains explode because they're like, what is that? She's making money and doing what she loves at the same time. How could she? So I think it's just like we've been brainwashed for so long that it like it literally makes people's heads like spin and explode that they just they can't comprehend it, but it honestly is such a good feeling that you can do what you love. Like you don't have to choose between making money at a job you hate and following your dreams. You can find a way to put the two together to provide for your family and serve others at the same time. Exactly. And I'm probably speaking for you too here. I make more money doing what I love than I ever could have doing 
the job that I got when I left university. You know, I make more money now than I could have done before. So it's it's not even a case of sacrificing your earning potential either because there is actually no ceiling when you have a business. You control your ceiling, which I, which Maya, you know what? I'm going to have to have you on the show again because I feel like we've got so much, and I could talk a whole episode about like that because yeah, there's no there's no ceiling. All it takes is how much you're willing to put in, how many risks you're willing to take, and how how much you want to live your purpose. And because I think yeah, no, there's no ceiling. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're so right. And yeah, like we could go off on like a whole nother tangent, but it's like. Honestly, you control like when you get a raise. If I want to make more money in my business, I just research more. I just get more of an education. I just invest in myself more. So it's like I make when I'm ready to make more money, I decide that I don't have to wait on somebody to be like, okay, Maya, you did a good job this year. Here's an extra 27 cents an hour on your paycheck. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's it's so true. I I um I feel like I I know in my gut when I do a podcast episode if it's gonna if it's this one's gonna resonate I think with a lot of people listening and I really hope people listening right now that this episode has been really encouraging for you and I hope that the first thing you do when we end is you go over to Maya's website because um, I I was gonna I was when you were saying earlier about people who can't afford coaches and I and read their blogs and I think the best kind of coaches coach you through their content for free too and Maya definitely does that with her content you know you're not just you're not just giving information you're helping people make actionable positive change so yeah definitely go and read Maya's blog because it's incredible and I know we've we've gone on for ages today and I've enjoyed this so much and I'm definitely gonna have to get you on the show again sometime soon but I would love to know as we wrap up um for anyone listening what would your biggest advice be for them if they're working crazy hard right now to make things happen you know and they're just you know they're doing it right now what would be your biggest advice for them in their journey Oh man. Well, number one, thank you so much for all the positive words that you said about me and my website. That makes me feel really good. Um, so for anybody that's working like extremely hard right now, my advice would to be also to work extremely smart because the, if you only work hard, you're going to be working hard for the rest of your life. But I want you guys to figure out a way to work smart, which means putting and implementing more strategies into your business so you can find a way to not work so hard in the future and still bring in it bring in an income. So finding out who your audience is and then finding out the different ways that you can serve them without working ridiculously hard. <laughs> so that, I think that that's my advice there. It sounds like, oh, don't work so hard in your business, but that that advice will pay off in the long run, I promise. <laughs> no, I love that. I, lo I love how every time I ask everyone who comes in the show that question, it's so different. I want to go back and listen to them all and put them all together in like a snippet because I think it's so great to hear everyone's advice for that like I yeah no that's great thank you for sharing that with me yeah that would be so cool that would be yeah. awesome and the last question that I ask everyone who comes to the show is what are you making happen right now and how can we all you know get involved check it out and support you along the way oh my gosh that's such a cool question I'm like oh what am I doing um so right now I have my free online course going on which is the PBJ course I would love everybody to sign up for that I'm really interested, again, in, in straying away from design more so and being able to teach people how to um, not only learn effective brand messaging, but how to use that and implement it into strategy. So please sign up for the email course. And then once the course is done, I'll, I'll teach you other ways how you can work with me on your brand messaging and brand strategy. That sounds awesome. Thank you so much, Maya, for coming on the show today. It has been honestly a pleasure to have you on and I'm I'm already excited to listen to this one back because I'm just I just I love this episode. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on today. <laughs> thank you so much, Jen. I really appreciate it. And there we have it, episode number eleven of the Make It Happen podcast. As always, you can catch all of the show notes over on jennyperdock.uk slash podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can leave the show a rating and review over on iTunes. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and I would love to carry on the conversation over on Twitter. You can catch me at jennyperblog and Maya at Maya Elias. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Make It Happen and look out for a brand new episode each and every Thursday. day.